on our line right now, A.J. Cassville, one of our favorites. A.J., how are you? Your offseason is coming to an end here quickly. Oh, that's not, that's not a great way to welcome me. I, I enjoy the offseason. You know? And I, I enjoyed spending my offseason Friday night last night watching the Nets beat up on, on the Lakers. Oh, Even though the Nets are terrible, I didn't want to let that get swept under the rug if I was coming on the show. No, nor should you. I have to tell you, that's as salty as I've been this season watching the Lakers. So salty. They, they were handling business, and then the third quarter came, and it was like, it was a it was an imposter team out there as the Lakers. They got drummed by Brooklyn, and uh, I certainly don't do this often, but I definitely took it in a little bit of happiness as the Clippers came back and beat them the following day. <laughs> and I never do that, Ooh. but I, that's how upset I was. AJ, uh, Padres. Well, I was at that game actually. You went to the game. The Laker tickets are too expensive, but the Clippers tickets I can get. Really? So, that's that, surprising to that me. Is, that is a, that because is, the Clippers are just so much better than the Lakers hey, right easy, now. Easy, easy. <laughs> that is a not-so-secret secret, secret uh, deal there. Before we get into the baseball, I have to ask you about fantasy basketball. No, you don't. Tony was telling us the other day that he is uh, still struggling. He's got some injury. But how are you doing this year, AJ? We know you struggled last uh, year, but this year? <laughs> yeah, terrible. Really, really bad. I, I Tony and I got to figure something out for next season because this, we're both we're we, both we've been at the bottom of this league for a couple of years and I'm pretty good when it comes to like other stuff like I've, I've won my fantasy hockey league a couple of times because I don't don't watch hockey that much but this fantasy basketball league is just, yeah I, I, I haven't been able to figure it out I'm I, I'm getting pummeled every week so maybe maybe the two worst teams combine next year and we come together or something because oh. right now it's not working for either I'm relegation I'm, maybe I'm, we, if there was a relegation <laughs> we would be, be kicked there. out already okay. that's how bad it's been uh AJ Casville joins us and, and AJ obviously the Padres uh they still have some things that they they have to address uh it, it's looking more and more as we get closer to spring training that it's not going to be one of those big, splashy uh, bad boys. It's going to be something along the lines of, of late. You, you're hearing reports Syndergaard and, and Lorenzen had uh, had bullpens and Padres were in attendance. Is that the kind of signings that we can look to uh, in terms of filling some of those open spots? I think maybe for a signing, that would probably be the level. I think I still think it's possible there's some, some version of a trade out there that, that comes to fruition. Maybe – that's, that's not necessarily any reporting on my front. That's just kind of knowing the way AJ Preller operates, and the way he goes about getting his guys. Um, but yeah, I, I think at the, at this point, where where the Padres are and kind of what they've shown so far this offseason, there are still plenty of holes on this roster in the outfield and the rotation. Uh, maybe the way they go about getting those guys is is in some bargain buy low signings like like that. And and on the pitching side of things, especially, they've proven that they can take those guys and turn them into real legitimate options. So we'll see uh, kind of where that fits in with, with what the with what they're trying to do. Talking to AJ Casville of com here on Gwen and Chris. And AJ, we were, well, I, we weren't talking about this yesterday. I was talking about this on Twitter this morning and I got crushed for it. But have you heard anything about the Padres? And let me just get this out of the way. I am not saying that the Padres should sign Clayton Kershaw. I just asked the question. But do you think that the, kick, the tire kicker, AJ Preller, should kick some tires on Clayton Kershaw? Well, I think the tire kicker AJ Pellis probably picks higher than every free agent available. <laughs> okay. uh, he's uh, Kershaw. Kershaw, I think maybe given the injuries he's he's dealt with, depending on like what he'd be asking for and where and where you'd be, uh, w- where the Padres would would kind of be with their rotation. I think they might need just a little bit more 
certainty in terms of what they're getting inning wise, innings wise from a from a starting pitcher. Obviously, Clayton Kershaw is maybe the best pitcher of this generation and everything, but he's he's not that guy right now. And and you want the innings in a rotation that doesn't have a lot of guarantees right now. I mean, even even you, Darvish and Joe Musgrove, who are as far as we know healthy and going to embark on a regular spring training, they're coming off injuries last season, and so. When you're when you're trying to find guys, if you're trying to find guys on on bargain deals, I think you're looking for guys who you, who can can be guaranteed a little bit more innings than that. AJ Castleville joins us here, MLB.com, and AJ. We often spend our time talking about who they don't have on this roster. Well, what they do do have on this roster is the likes of uh, Xander Bogarts, of Fernando Tatis Jr., and, and probably most importantly, Manny Machado. Now. He's coming, going to be coming into this season having had elbow surgery, but he's also due for a bounce-back season in, in, in regards how big of of a season does – or will a bounce-back season, I should say, have in, in, in terms of where this Padre team can go? Yeah, he's, he's obviously critical, and I've been kind of going around position by position on this roster writing about each spot, and third base was the one I did last week, and it, it was just – probably the simplest one because he's the guy he's entrenched there for a long time. And you kind of know you're going to get, you know, what you're going to get in terms of the effort and, and what he's, what he's going to bring to the table and the fact that he's going to try as hard as he can to play every single day. Yeah. If he's healthy, I expect him to be back in that MVP discussion. Like he's been basically the last couple seasons when he has been healthy. And so I, I just think that, uh, after the way last season went, after maybe some of the blame that he got for, for whatever chemistry issues were going on in the Padres clubhouse, then I think, I mean, I think there was plenty of blame to go around. And I know Machado's status as the highest paid player and whatnot puts him in the spotlight, but, but maybe some of it fell a little too squarely on him. I think there's going to be so much incentive for a guy like Manny Machado to, to, to use as motivation for turning things around next season when he already doesn't need much of it to, yeah. to kind of get to what, what we've seen at an MVP level when we've seen him at, a, at an MVP level before. And so I think he's the kind of guy that, that uses that stuff and will probably use some of the, the talk about the Padres this offseason. They were obviously so nationally relevant last year. This year, it, it feels like nationally they're an afterthought. And Manny Machado is the kind of guy that internalizes that and uses it to drive him. And so if I'm guessing, I, w- I would say that he's right back in that, in that upper echelon of player, all MLB, maybe back in the MVP discussion this season. Well, that'd be a great thing for everybody involved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We're talking sure. to AJ Casavell here of MLB.com about the Padres. And I know you are not even to spring training yet, as Tony so rudely pointed out at the beginning of this, that your <laughs> offseason was almost over. But And so I don't know if you have an answer for this, but how many of the guys in AAA, AA, and the minor leagues are the Padres realistically looking at having on the opening day roster? As of right now, obviously, there's there's some spots available. Now, I think there's those those spots are going to dwindle over the next couple weeks as the Padres sign guys even at the fringes of their roster. And and so I've, I've said this a few times. I don't think the Padres want to go into the season expecting their guys at AAA, AA, the guys like Jacob Marcy, Grand Pauly, those guys to be definitive roster guys like like they kind of are right now if you're mapping out a, a 26-man roster based on the players the Padres have. They want those guys to have to earn their spot. And so you want to you ask your high-profile younger players to earn their way onto the big league roster, whether that's in May, whether that's in June, whether that's at the start of the season if they have a really big spring. And so I don't think there's probably that many places available for those guys come the start of the season. But 
the Padres are probably pretty clearly banking on those guys to make a leap. And I don't know which of the guys it'll be, but you want those guys to, to, to maybe not just be on the roster because the Padres don't have anyone else. The Padres need to sign maybe two more outfielders, another bench guy. And if one of those guys supplants a proven major leaguer to earn that spot, then you say, Hey, all the better. We have, we got room for you on our roster and, and go out and contribute. You mentioned you've been writing about some of the positions, position by position, and you, you've hit on the shortstop spot. Xander Bogarts in year two uh, with this Padre organization. Now, it, it didn't start well for him, but it certainly ended very well for him. What do you think year two looks like for Xander? And more importantly, possibly, is it at some point, are you having to address the defensive side of this, or are we still another year away from that? I mean, it, it depends on kind of how he defends this season. I think if you get what you got last season out of him, he's, he's a perfectly capable, adequate shortstop, and yeah. then you have three outstanding defenders around him in the infield. Obviously, there's the question mark about whether whether Hassan Kim should be playing shortstop. I think it's, it's not even a question. I think Hassan Kim is a better defensive shortstop than Xander Bogarts, but Kim has proven his value enough and brings enough value at second base yeah. and the fact that Manny Machado might open the season as a DH coming off that surgery, so Kim needs to play third. Kim's in the final year of his deal. There's just a lot of reasons why there's more stability keeping Xander there at shortstop for the time being, but that is all predicated on him kind of maintaining what he's done the last three seasons defensively. He's become a better defender at shortstop, and shortstops typically don't age well defensively. But since he's kind of made some adjustments to his, to his pre-pitch routine and, and kind of the way he attacks the baseball defensively, he's become a, a decent defensive shortstop, which when you pair it with the offensive numbers that he, that he posted, particularly in Boston, but even last season, like that's a pretty good player. And so I, I would agree with you. I don't think he had a – he obviously didn't have the kind of year he wanted to have in year one in San Diego, and he was still a, a four-win player because yeah. of what he does offensively and how he pairs it with, with what he does defensively at shortstop. That's a hard player to find. And so if he can just take – if he can – I mean, he was really, really good in Boston for some of those seasons. I think 880 OPS the last the, – the five previous seasons before coming to San Diego. I mean, even if it's somewhere around like 830, 840 next season, which I think you can expect from a guy who hits like Xander Bogart. You look at what he did in the second half last season. I think yeah. it was – it was around 850. Uh, that is a that is an extremely valuable, useful player, and and the Padres, if if they get what they got defensively from him last year, and like I said, it's hard for shortstops defensively when they when they kind of creep into their 30s. Uh, but if they get that, that's a that'll that'll be a really solid season from him. Talking to AJ Casville, MLB.com. And last one for me, AJ. We were talking yesterday. I found this prediction that Luis Campusano, with at least 400 plate appearances, would hit 20 home runs. Do you think that would? Do you think that number is too much, too little, or just about right? That sounds just about right to me. The 400 plate appearances is, is the obvious kind of question mark yeah. that's, that's glaring to me because he hasn't he hasn't done that yet. And that's not to say he can't. It's not to say he won't. I think if he gets 400 plate appearances, which is probably the right number to shoot for also, I mean, he's not, you don't want, you probably don't want a catcher in his first full season in the major leagues getting 550 plate appearances and being the everyday guy. And it's part of the reason they traded for Higashioka was to, to have a one B to Camposano's one a. Uh, so I, I think, yeah, his ceiling is extremely high and he's kind of one of these, one of these guys where the Padres obviously are not going to replace Juan Soto with with 
with, with one, there's no other Juan Soto coming into San Diego, but if they get a little bit more from Machado, a little bit more from Bogarts, if they get a guy like Camposano breaking out and he can be healthy for those 400 plate appearances and do what he did offensively, you start to see the pieces of why this offense could and I think maybe, maybe should be better than what it was last season, even when they had Juan Soto. Lastly, AJ, I, I, you, you kind of hit on it a little bit in, in terms of the um, up in the airness of, of Joe Musgrove, or no guarantees, I should say, with you, Darvish, and Joe Musgrove. But those two coming in are, should be healthy to start spring training. How big of a deal? Because remember, both of those guys had setbacks or and or, you know, the World Baseball Classic last year. How, how important do you think it will be for those two to – to have a healthy spring training in order to get off to a right start. Yeah, if those guys have a healthy spring and, and just kind of a regular buildup and they get out on they get out on the mound, maybe maybe those are your two guys pitching in the Korea series. Like that is that that is huge and a stark contrast to what happened last season when the yeah. Padres got off to their slow start and didn't have those guys reliably for early in the season and they didn't have them at the end of the season either. And it's just if, if if those are your two guys and if Blake Snell's not coming back, that's those are the those are the guys you're going to rely on. And there are I, I just there are obviously question marks. They're both guys in their 30s who are coming off injuries, and so everything we've heard so far this off season is positive on that front. But you just want to see them get out during spring training and and build up, throw those two innings and three innings and four innings and five. And once that all becomes real and they get to the point where they're ready for the regular season. If that's the case, that is, that is so big for this team because on top of those guys being really good pitchers when they're healthy, they're kind of the leaders of this rotation and two of the, the most well-respected guys in that clubhouse. No doubt about it. And, and them getting off to a healthy start could, could pay big dividends. AJ, uh, we're going to do this more often, man. It's about that time. As I told you before we started, <laughs> your time is coming to an end, as is mine. Uh, we, we appreciate you coming <laughs> Thank on. Thank you, man. AJ. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys.